DKS 11 is powered by Meme Global, a video marketing and advertising solution for entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome to the Digital Kung Fu Show, a podcast and video cast for startup founders and entrepreneurs. Even if you're alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs across the world hustling today's markets. At Digital Kung Fu, we have one goal, to help entrepreneurs succeed in their ventures through information sharing, digitally connecting them with other entrepreneurs, and by dissecting and deconstructing the world's leading business minds right here on this show. Remember, you can view the full show notes on our website at digitalkungfu.co. .za or tweet this show using our handle at digital kung fu za or follow us on facebook.com slash digital kung fu za information product marketing is probably one of the most scalable and profitable business ventures in the online space neil maxwell keys is our guest today he's the ceo of the fastest growing uk-based online training company what's staggering about neil is the fact that he's built an organization now that spans three continents. But what impresses me most is how he's able to generate thousands of percent in terms of ROI based on product acquisition and then marketing. In one instance, he bought a product for £500 and then made £2 million off that. And that's what we're going to share with you today and explore with you how to do this whole information product marketing thing the right way. Introducing Neil Maxwell Keys. Uh, this is Matt Brown from Digital Kung Fu, and in today's show, we are going to explore the realm of information product marketing with the CEO of Digital C Limited, a UK-based company specializing in uh, distance-based learning, and a company which is training today a staggering 200,000 students a year. So to give you an idea of the caliber of guest that we have today, he is the recipient of the UK's fastest growing international business and fastest growing health and educational provider, and he has recently returned from the Arctic Circle. Why? Because that's just how he rolls. <laughs> so allow me to introduce you to today's trailblazer. His name is Neil Maxwell Keys. Neil, thanks for joining the call, bud. Yeah, you're very welcome, Matt. Uh, pleased to be here. <laughs> Cool, man. So let's start with the Arctic Circle. That sounds pretty sweet. Um, what were you doing down there? Were you uh, researching markets or maybe discovering new products like uh, how to build an igloo, igloo in 24 hours? Or <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't give me any more ideas. My, my to-do list long enough. Um, yeah, we're actually there to see Santa Claus with the kids and a uh, fantastic place <laughs> and highly recommend it. <laughs> how Santa is? He good? Yeah, he's, he's good, yeah. Um, I was on the good boy list. Can't say the same about you, unfortunately. <laughs> I never am for some reason. I get so close <laughs> to the end of the year and then off the edge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. So for those uh, viewers of the show uh, who don't know, um, I credit Neil with being the guy who actually got me into the world of digital many, many moons ago. Uh, and to cut a long story short, we were actually both published authors at the time in our various categories. Uh, and Neil approached me to do a, a JV launch to his list at the time, which was a roughly around 80,000 people. So that's pretty much a football stadium full of people. So it was a nice market to launch to. Um, yeah. And with that in mind, I can only imagine the scale of his business now. So uh, Neil, perhaps you can take a minute just to fill us in on uh, what you guys are doing exactly in the e-learning space. Yeah, well, yeah, we've been long, friends for a long time now, and it's uh, it's amazing what happens when you just get out there and start making things happen and start networking with people. And you know, fast forward six, seven years, we're now 
still friends yeah, yeah. and doing this interview. So it's uh, great to be here again. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we've moved on quite a bit as a business since our days in the travel market. And again, it's amazing how business and life evolves. And back when we started in the cruise line industry, uh, which I'll go into more detail in, in a bit, but we now run online courses in a variety of niche markets from photography to writing to Photoshop to illustration. And uh, we've got many more in development. And we just seem to have found our forte in developing creative type courses. Uh, not for any particular reason, uh, other than that we enjoy this market, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite ironic considering that I've never actually been a particularly creative person myself. Uh, but fortunately, I've got a creative team and, yeah. and my wife, who's also now my business partner, she's a very creative person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty much it. We, we teach online learning and you know, we, we teach creative style courses. Okay. Um, you were doing a creative writing course if memory serves. Uh, what's, yes. the, what's the link so some of the guys can check out um, what you're doing in that space? Yeah, well, we've got our, our biggest course is a course called writestorybooksforchildren.com. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's been uh, quite a successful course. And we're now developing other courses in that space. Uh, we, we're soon to launch a write adult fiction course, awesome. uh, write romantic fiction course. So uh, we've got these um, type of writing courses coming out, and okay. we work with we work with a lot of well-known published authors now. Mm-hmm. So you know we're, we're not actually uh, we're not published authors ourselves, but. We'll go out there and find the necessary expert to work with and develop the right courses. Mm-hmm. Okay, rad, dude. Well, look, um, the information marketing uh, space is an interesting subject that we're covering for the first time on the Digital Kung Fu uh, sort of uh, web show. Um, and I want to talk about the kind of online marketing dream. So I'm pretty sure you're going to know what I'm talking about. But, you know, it's the one where you see the guys kind of traveling the world, running an online business with simply just a laptop, you know. And they're usually in exotic locations telling or trying to teach you how you can also achieve that dream. <laughs> you know the one, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you think that that dream actually exists or is there potentially another story altogether to tell? Well, to answer your question, uh, I believe the dream does exist, but I believe it only exists after you've worked bloody hard to get there in the first place <laughs> and put a team in place who can run 98% of your business for you while you're away. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I mean, before I had a team, um, I had to take my laptop away with me when I traveled, mm. and it was a total nightmare. Mm. Um, I remember being on vacation in Egypt back in the early days, having to, this was with my, my wife and my children, having to wake up early, check my emails first thing in the morning, and then not being able to get a decent Wi-Fi connection. Yeah. Uh, then having to leave my wife and kids at the beach or the pool early and then run back to the hotel to check again and trying to get a Wi-Fi signal. Uh, I had customer support issues to deal with, uh, joint venture partners making demands, um, and you're there with your wife and kids with a, with a crap internet connection that keeps dropping out and you're frantically trying to clear your emails as fast as you can. And everyone, you can hear everyone outside uh, around the pool or on the beach enjoying themselves drinking and you're sat there <laughs> trying to get through stuff. Yeah. There's always a disaster or something to deal with. Yeah. And you know, and, and that's as far as I'm concerned that the reality of <laughs> the dream of travelling with, with your laptop. Yeah. And I think it is a dream that's peddled by 
you know, many kind of get rich quick style gurus mm. out there. And it's obviously a hook designed to sell their products. Yeah. Uh, but I think people are, nowadays are kind of more immune to this type of BS really. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. I always find it funny that the author of the four hour work week, uh, Tim yeah, Ferriss, who I'm a big fan of, yeah. um, he was actually working 80 hours a week plus when he wrote that book. Mm. And he's still a very hard working guy to this day. Yeah. It's, um, it's about the, the way you approach it. You know, uh, like you say, it's hard work. You've got to put some skin in the game. Otherwise it's not going to just manifest itself. You know, you actually have it, to create it, put the hard yards in. Exactly. And we we'll, once you've put the groundwork in and you've built a successful business and you've got your team in place, whether that's through your own staff or through outsourcing, it's at that point you can think about living that kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then it just becomes a case of while you're away, you can just check in every day or every couple of days. It's just a, a, a you know, quick check over your emails to make sure there's no problems, but you're safe in the knowledge that customer service issues and all these kind of things have been dealt with. And, mm. uh, you know, if, you, if your website goes offline, mm. uh, then you've got somebody there to kind of pick up the pieces and, and sort that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that to me, um, and from a personal point of view, you know, I, you know, I love to travel and, 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 and do all these uh, fun and exciting things. But at the same time, I, you know, I love my business and, uh, I love I love being in the office with the team and and you know coming home and seeing my wife and kids and all that kind of things. So I think it just depends on your own personal goals and and, and what you want. And uh, you know, many people probably may not necessarily wish to travel the world and, and try and run it from from a laptop. So it, it depends on your own personal goals, really. Yeah, true, true. But speaking of the dream, I think a lot of guys are looking to get into the information marketing space because they hear these stories. Uh, of guys crashing it, not necessarily you per se, but you know the gurus of the world. Um, and so I wanted to kind of explore with you, um, what's your view on why information products scale so well uh, comparatively to say, um, you know, uh, entrepreneurs who are marketing physical products, for example? Well, I think one of the biggest benefits of information products to me when it comes to growing your business is that they can't be commoditized. Um, so in other words, if you're selling a physical product, then it's an absolute cert that whoever's looking at your online store has also opened another two or three tabs in their browser uh, of other people's online stores who are selling the exact same product. And, and this basically means that at some point, it's always going to come down to who's offering the lowest price and who seems to be the most trustworthy and, and these, these kind of factors. And if you're competing against Amazon um, or, or Amazon Prime, then you know, you're facing a losing battle. And... Why fight that battle in the first place? Um, anyone can create an information product, or they can go out and find an expert to work with. Uh, they can acquire the rights to information products. You can rebrand them, make them better, reposition them slightly differently to competitors who are selling similar products, and then you can charge whatever you want. And you know you're not in this kind of price war with other people, which you pretty much always end up in when you're selling physical products. Yeah. Uh, and to me, there's no limit to what you can do with information products. It's a completely scalable business. You can keep adding more and more products to your portfolio and selling them to the same group of customers. And there's obviously the obvious benefits. There's no stock. There's no overheads or very little overheads even. And, and funny enough, in our business now, we are now selling physical products, but as an add-on to our information product business. Okay. So the info products always come first and the physical products. Let's come later. Awesome. Okay, that's quite an interesting tip there. Um, I wanted to also just chat to you around 
you know, cause everyone to your point, I wouldn't say everybody knows, but I think if people are au fait with the online marketing space or industry, they're kind of pre-sold in this information product idea, right? They do scale well. You can package them quickly. You can creatively drive new um, uh, strategies using the information, whether that's driven from a creative standpoint or from a business or, con- or a customer perspective. Um, but in my experience, I find that a lot of guys or entrepreneurs fail at getting information products or information product businesses off the ground. Um, what's your view on that? Have you experienced that as well? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there. I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top, you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up. It's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. Yeah, I mean, I can only comment on what I've seen around me personally. Sure. Uh, you know, in the past, I used to go to a lot of seminars and workshops and, and, and meet lots of different people. So I'd meet the people, uh, the, the real go-getters that were out there creating their information product business. And, you know, the people that were still, you know, after five or six years, still hadn't done anything, but were still talking about doing it. And and also, um, you know, from, from what I've seen and what I've experienced, I think uh, there's several factors uh, that come to mind. Okay. First one, I'd say lack of focus, uh, not sticking to one thing and seeing it through to completion, getting distracted by the latest shiny objects, you know, the latest traffic generation tech tactic that's been peddled that month, uh, another new course that's launched by Guru X, which promises the ultimate secret this month. So they spend another, they spend another grand on another course in the hope of getting the secret to the success they've been waiting for. Um, Starting one thing, then starting another thing, and then moving on to another thing without actually getting you know a single thing done. And I think in this day and age as well, you know, everyone's distracted by social media, Facebook, Twitter, all these kind of things. And um, you know, the the first thing I did when I joined Facebook, and as you're probably aware, uh, as one of my Facebook friends, that I'm not very good at Facebook. I'm not very active. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say something, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you've done it. For um, me. <laughs> it's just, I just haven't embraced social media. Um, first thing I did when I joined Facebook was switch off every single email notification. <laughs> so I'm not get emailed constantly about who's tagged me, who's messaged me, or whatever. I have no idea what's going on on my account. Uh, therefore, I'm never tempted to to check it or get distracted by it. I think last year I logged in about six times, which I think was a record for me. <laughs> uh, I haven't logged in yet this year. Um, <laughs> no. um, and another thing is, is perfectionism, uh, trying to get something perfect before it goes out. Mm. Now, as our business now, you know, we've built up quite a good reputation in, in putting really good products out there. Mm. And we would never put 
rubbish out there. Mm. But my whole philosophy is built around getting something decent out there, seeing if it works, seeing if people respond to it, and then improving it hugely and quickly. If it doesn't work, then it just gets dropped. I don't mess around with it. We don't just waste time trying to fix something that isn't working. We move on and we, we move on to the next thing. Mm. Um, another, and, and again, going back to the, the kind of first thing I said is, is just doing it. Um, or as one of my friends says, JFD it. And I'll let you guys figure out what the F <laughs> is. There's actually um, a website. JF. <laughs> JF do it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just fucking do it.com. It's the interesting thing I found, funnily enough. Where basically, oh, I'm serious, you should check it out. Um, basically, <laughs> so basically, yeah. it says, okay, it's, it, the whole proposition there is around getting guys to launch product driven businesses quickly. So it goes and says, so how yeah. many products do you want to launch? When do you want to launch them by? And then it says, enter your credit card details. <laughs> So basically, you, you, <laughs> so you get fined if you don't make it happen. <laughs> oh, absolutely brilliant. I yeah, love it. it's so rad. But I mean, so that, that's actually quite an interesting precursor to my next question, which is, so for example, how did he even arrive, that the entrepreneur that came up with that particular um, landing proposition, I guess, how did he land there? And I guess... For for information product businesses, there's so many categories, so many different types of products. There's different types of media formats. There's podcasts, video um, sort of cast or video shows, which is what we're doing. There's long form copy. There's then there's the social media thing. Anyhow, so what's your take on it? How does an entrepreneur know which product to create or what will work in the market? Um, I mean, I'll be honest. Um, it can appear to people on the outside of our business that we have some kind of hardcore scientific research and, and the way that we're able to consistently produce winning products. Um, but it really isn't. I mean, I'll be honest, I've never really done much keyword research to find a market. Uh, I've only ever really done it to substantiate a decision as to whether that market's okay to go into. And, and even then, um, one of our biggest selling courses, the numbers didn't stack up. When you looked at the data, the data didn't stack up mm. to say this is a great market. And I just literally went with my gut feel mm. and it became a huge success. And the way we come across uh, and develop our new courses and products is literally just keeping our eyes open to opportunities that are out there. And we've launched courses based on things that we've read in the news so we'll read about the latest hot topic in the news um, or you know, some new trend that's happening and, and we're always thinking, you know, hey, you know, is there a course in there? Um, so but I think most people kind of go through their everyday life without keeping their eyes open. They're not in the mindset of, of looking out for these opportunities. And when I say opportunities, I'm not talking about an opportunity that you can go and buy off a shelf from some guru. I'm talking about an opportunity that you create yourself based yeah. on something that you've noticed, something, some trend happening in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And we've also launched products uh, because we've basically just bought somebody out or we've bought the rights to a particular course uh, that maybe hasn't sold that well for that person selling it mm -hmm. and or they think that they've milked the market yeah. and then we'll buy the products, buy the rights to it, we'll totally rebrand it, make it better, reposition it 
And, you know, um, one of my favourite stories from a personal point of view, I bought the rights to a product for £500 from a course author who'd sold it for over 10 years and felt that he'd exhausted the market. He probably felt that he was kind of taking advantage of me. Uh, and that product has made our company over £2 million. What? So, which is far, far more, yeah, more than the course author's ever made from it. So without kind of um, getting overly scientific about it, uh, you know, the, the, the product must have a re- it must have a reasonably large market to start with. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't now go back, back into kind of the how to get a cruise ship job market, which I start, started out in because, you know, the market isn't big enough to support, uh, you know, our business and my, my kind of dreams and ambitions. Uh, but, you know, you've just, you've just got to get out there and you've got to try things. If you have an idea, you think the market's big enough, your gut feel says go for it, then, then just go for it and, and, and try things out. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, the, the kind of key takeout for me from what you just said is that um, the, you get product creators and product marketers. And you're not necessarily, it's very rare yeah. that you find a skill set where you're great at creating products, but then also marketing them as well. Um, to your point, I mean, to take basically a, a product that was gathering digital dust, if you like, and to make two million pounds yeah. off it is, is a perfect illustration of that. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, we, we took the product, it needed a lot of updating uh, and, you know, it needed a lot of rewriting. So we, we did do a lot of work to that product, but, okay. you know, not anywhere near as the work that had gone into creating that product in the first place. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a very, very well-written product. Mm. We made it a lot better. Mm. We've since added to it, we, you know, since we, we now uh, validated the market, it works, people want it, we've made it even better and better, we've added to it. So, yeah, it's um, but you know, the focus always has to be on, on being a marketer rather than getting uh, stuck in spending six months in creating the product. Mm. Okay. So, Neil, you mentioned product launches just now, um, and I imagine you've done countless product launches in your time. Are there any easy-to-apply tips that you'd like to offer our viewers on how to get it right the first time? Yeah. When it comes to product launches, uh, naturally, with, with our hits and fails um, you know, there are times when you can you convince that a course is going to be a success and everyone's going to want it and it and it really isn't when you launch it and it's, it's a real killer when that happens and there's other times when you put something out there and you're not expecting too much from it and it and it's a huge success and there's you know not really any rhyme or reason to it um, obviously there's things you can do to give yourself the best chance of success and you know I think one of the best tips I can give people is to actually invest in Jeff Walker's product launch formula course. Yeah, um, of course. And I'm, I'm not an affiliate. I don't know Jeff personally or anything like that. Um, but it, I've done the course. In fact, I've bought two or three versions of it. Every time he comes out with a new version, I'll, I'll buy the updated version mm. because it just works. Mm. And the money that you spend on that course will pay for itself many times over. Mm. And obviously, that, that, that's only if you actually get out and use it. Um, if you haven't created a product yet, then please don't go out and buy Jeff Walker's product launch <laughs> formula course. Um, that's just another excuse for not actually getting started. But, you, but if I kind of, um, you know, just off the top of my head, I think the, the kind of key to making a launch work is, and again, your Jeff goes into a lot more detail in the, within his course, but is, is having a good story that's weaved throughout the, the actual product launch. Uh, to give you an example, when 
I launched the, our very first online course, which is a course about working in the cruise line industry. Mm. Uh, my launch story that was weaved throughout the launch was all about my own struggle to get hired in the cruise line industry. Um, and basically, to cut a long story short, it, it all came down to the fact that, that, you know, I wish I had this course. When I started, it would have cut down the, the learning curve, yeah. the struggle, yeah. time and heartache and all the disappointments that I went through. Mm. Um, so you kind of, and that was all true, by the way. It was yeah. just, you know, obviously you kind of hype things and exaggerate yeah, yeah, things yeah. a little bit. Basically, yeah. the story was was totally true. And, you know, and that captures people, people's attention. Um, and also kind of teasing people. If you have a list already, you can tease people as to what's coming, you know, dropping hints that the product is coming. And we're, we're actually in the process, process of doing that now with our adult fiction course. Uh, we're already... We've been teasing people for the last couple of weeks and we're already getting people emailing saying, look, look, man, just tell me when this course is coming. When, when's it coming from? Give me a date. <laughs> so once you've got that, you know you've got people yeah. kind of hooked. hooked. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously scarcity is a big thing as well, just making mm -hmm. your product launch, you know, giving people the best possible mm -hmm. price and mm -hmm. offer that you can give for a limited time period. Um, you know, scarcity just works, you know, when you use it in the right way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and getting social proof as well, getting people kind of uh, commenting and talking about things. And But I think they're really the key, the key factors of, of making a launch work. Mm. Yeah, it's the psychology of launching products, isn't it? That story yeah. that, uh, that you were talking about, um, <clears throat> that I think that's called the reluctant hero. <laughs> yes, hey. absolutely, yes. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, see, I remember these things. I remember these things. <laughs> Cool. Well, look, um, I know that you've done staggering volumes of, um, of sales in a day. Uh, I think you've done six figure launches before. Um, but that, that in my experience takes time, I guess, or does it? Um, is it a case of, you know, iteratively launching in a certain niche or, um, and then kind of keep scaling a particular proposition? And maybe it's a case of you just get lucky. I mean, what's, What's your experience there in terms of um, of success when launching products? Yeah, I mean, it, it helps obviously if you've got your own your own list of people um, to launch to. Um, you, you've got a big database, then obviously you know you, you should expect to to make a lot more money from it. Um, you know, where our business is now, you know, we would consider it a failure if if it wasn't a six figure launch. You know, yeah. but we we've spent many many years you know building up to that. Um, you know, it's not me being cocky or anything, you know, back when I was starting out, you know, if I'd have made 500 quid from a launch, I would have, I would have been extremely ecstatic. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it, it's just a matter of putting in the groundwork and, you know, and, and building up to that. But obviously, you know, the, the quick way, if you, if, if you like, if you can call it a quick way, if you wanted to pull off a six figure launch, is to go out and find a huge joint venture partner to work with. Mm -hmm. and, and again, but that takes time in terms of, getting out there into the marketplace, networking, mm -hmm. putting yourself out um, and your reputation. Yeah. And they are out there. And, you know, we, we have done six figure launches from a standing start with, with a brand new product uh, with, with no, with no database, no list whatsoever, just from working with mm. a joint venture partner. Rad. Awesome, dude. And um, if you, when you look back at all the product launches that you've done, What's the single biggest lesson that you've learned to date? Um, I, I touched on this before, but the, um, 
the, the key thing, obviously, is just to get something out there that's good enough, not perfect. Um, if you wait until it's perfect, then you lose time and money. And from a you know personal point of view, we spent nine months once on developing a course that basically you know, no, launched no. like a wet lettuce. <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> we should have spent three months on the product, discovered whether or not it worked, and then either dropped it immediately or improved it. You know, perfectionism to me well, is the death of your internet business. And luckily, um, you know, we live to, to tell the tale and we learn massively from it. And in fact, last, towards the very end of last year, uh, 2015, you know, we launched a new product within four weeks. And that was from the initial concept, not knowing, having a clue or knowing anything at all about this particular niche to um, getting it done and getting the course absolutely finished and out there uh, within four weeks. And, that's crazy. You know, that's that, that's my biggest lesson: just get something done as, as quickly yeah. as possible. Great um, advice. Not rubbish out there. Good products, <clears throat> but you know. Yeah, that's great. Ad- that's great advice, dude. I, I think I'm also one that um, that sort of strives for perfectionism. Uh, to your point, and there's no such thing, is there, Perf- as a perfect product? You know. No. It'll never be perfect. And even when you think it's perfect, there'll always be someone out there that will come and rip it to pieces and mm-hmm. give you a, a, you know, a, a crappy review and, and whatever else. And you just can't please everybody. Mm. Um, and you're not, there's a certain section of your market that you, you're not aiming for anyway. So yeah. Yeah. things out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so outsourcing. Interesting subject. I know that when we were doing our JV launch, we had our, our team of minions out in the Philippines. Yep. <laughs> uh, which was uh, which was pretty awesome, and obviously I've done shit loads of corporate outsourcing, big stuff like billion pound project stuff. Um, and uh, I know that as your business has kind of grown and scaled, um, you've done a lot of kind of man- the management of distributed teams in different locations or in different countries or whatever. Um, so when do you think entrepreneurs should consider outsourcing elements of either their product creation or their marketing efforts? Well, to be quite honest, and uh, again, this is, this is, you know, in my experience now, um, I personally think you should try and keep marketing uh, in-house for as long as possible, uh, but outsource as much as, of the other stuff as you can uh, as soon as you can. So, you know, the customer support, the admin, the IT, um, you need to stop trying to do all the other stuff and become an expert within marketing. Um, you know, I think we're, we're at the point now in our business where we are considering outsourcing some elements of marketing, such as um, traffic genera- certain traffic generation channels. There are experts out there that, you know, the Facebook experts and uh, Google ad experts and remarketing experts. Uh, but again, I'm still thinking, do we outsource this or do we actually get someone in and into our office and come and work for us <clears throat> within our environment? Because yeah. it's a vital function. Do I want to trust the marketing of my business mm. to somebody overseas or, or wherever they may be mm. that, you know, I've only got limited control over? Mm. So, um, you know, it, it, to, to me, you can outsource things like SEO, uh, but again, going back to my experience, uh, we've outsourced SEO and then lo and behold, we've discovered six months or, or even a year later that the SEO work that was done was actually done in a very dodgy way that then came to bite us on the backside because they were 
links put on dodgy sites and we ended up looking all spammy. And now um, we have a guy, our IT guy, who's also pretty good with SEO, is having to go through and uh, clear up the mess <clears throat> that, you know, these people made for us. So, yeah, yeah you know, I really, I really do think you should keep marketing uh, functions in-house for as long as you possibly can. Cool. Couldn't agree with you more, mate. Um, technology. In your business, um, are there any killer tools and or online platforms that you that you're using that you really re- that you'd like to recommend? Yeah, I mean, there's you know there's a gazillion tools I've used over the years, and I think the tools really. I mean, there's a lot of, nowadays. There's a lot of great services, and if you remember Matt when when me and you started out, um, you know, it, it it was kind of. We kind of felt back back in the dinosaur age, really. You know, it was like you know, I wish there was a tool that did this, or I wish there was a tool that did that, or this one's quite good but doesn't quite do this. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, there's, there's just so much choice and so many brilliant things out there. Um, I kind of like, you know, I'm into kind of my productivity uh, tools and apps okay. and things like that. So, awesome. from a personal point of view, that helps me get things done. Uh, one of my favourite tools is a tool called Sanebox. Uh, that's S for sugar, A-N-E-B-O-X. Mm-hmm. And it's a productivity tool for managing your email. Works with any email provider, Gmail, Hotmail, etc. And it just saves me hours every week because it just, it filters all the crap out of your inbox and it just presents you with the essential emails that you, you look at every day. Yeah. And, and puts all the other ones away into certain boxes that you check on. Um, it's got other features as well, so it's a, it's a brilliant app that I strongly recommend. Okay, it's a great. I just name. started using Freedom app as well, mm-hmm. uh, which allows you to set daily schedules where it blocks access to certain websites that you can't go and waste time on them. Mm-hmm. So you come in in the morning, you think, "Oh man, my to do list long." So what do you do? You then decide that you're going to get distracted by email to to avoid looking at your to do list. <laughs> <laughs> so. It, it just blocks you. It just blocks you out of all, you know, all the distractions. And um, sometimes that can really bite you on the backside because you've blocked yourself out of your email. And it's like shit. I actually need to get in, and I can't get into my email. But, uh, you know, it, I, I love it. Um, and again, it's called Freedom App. Um, and I, I use Evernote as well. I can't live without this now store everything in there on my notes, my ideas, my thoughts, everything goes into Evernote. Cool. And there's one, there's one cool tool. Um, obviously managing your list is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding a service and software out there to kind of deal with your autoresponders and your follow-up system, things like that. And I've tested almost every autoresponder from Aweber to Infusionsoft. And I now use one called ARP Reach. That's A-R-P Reach. Mm-hmm. And it's instead of having to pay monthly fees, uh, which quickly add up the, the faster your business grows. I mean, you know, if I was still using Infusionsoft now, we would be paying them, you know, potentially tens of thousands of pounds a month uh, to, to, you know, to manage our list. Uh, but you pay a one-time fee. It's something that you host on your own server, and it, it, it does everything that every other kind of autoresponder out there does, and, and a lot more too. So uh, that's one that really kind of stands out to me that we use and has grown and scaled with our business. Okay, rad. Thanks for that, man. I'll definitely check out Outreach for sure. Um, Yeah. So business decisions. I know that um, you, um, I guess that you've had to make some pretty big ones in your time. Um, What has been the toughest business decision that you've ever made? Um, I 
I think the toughest mistake, uh, sorry, toughest, not mistake even, but the, the toughest uh, business decision I've had to make is actually leaving my job uh, that I worked in full time to actually take that step to go it alone. Um, I, I started the business and which was very much a part time business uh, while I was working in a full time job. Uh, you know, I had to nip out on, on my break, my lunch breaks and sitting in my car trying to check my email and then going up to the library uh, to to use their computers and, and trying to work it around it. But there came a time when I had to make the decision, look, you know, are you just playing at this or are you, do you seriously want to become, you know, a, an internet entrepreneur and, and build a business? And, you know, I finally came to the point, I thought, right, I've got to, I've got to leave my job. My wife is pregnant with our first child. Um, and that that was a tough, really, really tough decision. I deliberated on it for weeks and weeks. And, you know, it, it was very scary. And when I did finally hand my notice in at work and, and leave my job, it seemed like the dumbest mistake in the world. And it still did 18 months later. I was like, what have I done? What have I done? Um, and you just kind of ride through it and you, you keep believing in yourself and you keep going. And, you know, now when I look back, it, it was the best decision ever. Mm. Uh, but it didn't feel like that. <laughs> at the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Not yeah, at all. For sure. Um, now, I imagine you've also made quite a lot of mistakes. We all make mistakes, um, especially as entrepreneurs. Um, what's the single biggest mistake you've made as an entrepreneur and what did you learn from it? Um, yeah, it, it's a hard one because... Sometimes you think that you've made a big mistake, but in, in hindsight, it turns out that that actually was a, was a good mistake, a necessary mistake that you had to make to, to, to learn from. Because if you hadn't made it, then, you know, there's a chance that you may make it further on down the line and it could be an even more of a disaster at that point. Mm. Uh, but I would, to start with, it, it, again, it seems like a mistake, but it, it's where I kind of learned my skill set from. But um, probably working in the wrong niche that was kind of too small to support my ambitions and even my family. Um, you know, if you're going to go into a niche market, then make it a big one, you yeah. know, make it one that can support ambition and pay your bills and give you the lifestyle and the freedom that you deserve. You know, you can put as much hard work into creating products and working in a tiny niche market as you can in a huge market and, and you know, make 10, a hundred or a thousand times as much which is effectively what I did when I worked in the cruise ship niche. I was working really hard in that, trying to make it work, developing new products and doing all the things that I could have been doing in a much, much bigger market that people I knew were working in and making, you know, 10 or a hundred times more money than I was. Yeah. I was working myself into, into the ground for, you know, not, not a great amount at the time. Yeah. And, and, and another thing as, as well, uh, which is kind of ironic while, you know, I'm, I'm on this, talking about my business, but um, I've learned, I'm, I'm naturally a very trusting person and I prefer to, I, I believe that, you know, I, I prefer to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I've made mistakes where I've kind of revealed too much to people about my business and what I'm doing. And it, again, it's come to bite me on the backside where mm. they've taken advantage of that and, you know, ripped me off and you know a few stories there Matt that you know things that I've been through and certain people have taken advantage of that um, you know it, it, it's, it's it's a careful balance you want to trust people um, you don't want to be overly protected by everything but you've got to be aware that, that there are people out there that are willing to kind of take advantage 
yeah. of that fact. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would like to comment on the first point you made there on picking your niche, a big one, you know, and um, there works that the works the same regardless of the niche, right? So pick a, a big niche. There's a saying, I don't know whether you've heard of it, but it's all boats rise with a rising tide. So if you're in, it's a way of saying that if you're in that, if you're in a niche that's growing, uh, from a market or addressable market size perspective, then you will grow as a business automatically. There'll be a certain degree of growth that you'll sure. see yeah. as a result of that. You know? Um, so last question for you, mate. Um, what's your why as an entrepreneur? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? Um, it, yeah, it's, it's a really tough question and I probably one I'm still trying to figure out, but, um, <laughs> all I can say is that, you know, I feel extremely fortunate. I love what I do. Um, I get up in the morning. I can't wait to get into the office. You know, it's like, I love Monday mornings, you know, which is the total opposite of most people. Um, I, I love getting into work. I love the, the things that we're working on, the projects we're working on. And, you know, we, we believe strongly in the products that we're delivering, the value that we're delivering. And, you know, it, it gives, this information product business can, you know, gives you, can give you a great, fantastic lifestyle. Um, and I've now got two children and, you know, they're my motivation as much as anything else to provide for them, to give them a nice, nice lifestyle, to be there when their school plays are on, to be there on sports day, to be there at every event that they're involved in, to see them grow and develop and, you know, and, go on the nice holidays and, and go on all the family trips and do things with, without, with not having to worry too much about money anymore. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's why just, I think just, just enjoying what you do and believing what you do. And you know, if you put in good products out there into the marketplace, then you can be proud. Mm. You can be proud of that fact. If you're doing things that, you know, are slightly kind of dodgy or unethical and, you know, I, I can't remember the exact quote or the, or the saying, but there's a saying out there about, you know, about only selling things that you'd be happy for, you, for your mother to read. <laughs> and, you know, I, I can honestly say I'd be quite happy for my mom to go through any of my courses and, and, and read it. If we've done them, you know, I'll be more than proud of that fact. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Just just, just the love of, of, of what I do and, and, and knowing where I've come from. Mm. Well, Neil, it's been great to catch up with you again. Thank you so much. I can see it's still dark outside then, uh, in yeah. England, uh, and bloody cold, I imagine. <laughs> dark, wet, miserable. Uh, yeah. yeah, welcome to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, mate. Uh, I'm really, really, really happy for you. I know uh, I was there when you were doing the hard yards, and it's really great to to hear your story and how far you've come and, and all your successes uh, and how you're now able to to kind of live that why of yours in, in all of all of its fulfillment, you know. So, thank you so much, thank dude, you. and um, I wish you all the best for the rest of the uh, of the year. You too, mate. Uh, appreciate it, and I've enjoyed myself. And uh, likewise, wish you all the best. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll be in touch soon, anyway. Cool. Will do, mate. Take it easy. Remember that the show is now on iTunes, so please head on over and either write us a review or subscribe for new episodes. And if you'd like to be an exclusive real-time participant on our next Digital Kung Fu live show, then visit our website at digitalkungfu.co.za forward slash live to get early bird VIP access. 
Thanks for listening to the Digital Kung Fu Show. If you'd like to check out more episodes and get access to our growing community of entrepreneurs working together to succeed in business, then please visit our website at www.digitalkungfu.co.za. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.